Alright. Uh, how's it going, Matt? Chilling, man. Chilling. You and I had a action-packed weekend in LA. Um, memories were made, and uh, <laughs> wine was had. Seventeen dollars yeah. of wine, because that, that's what you do in LA, apparently. Okay. I gotta, I, I gotta I, say. I so I don't. I know. I know what you're gonna say, and I wanna. I wanna defend it, but go ahead and say it first. Well, I was just gonna say. So, I I live in San Diego. Lucas lives in LA. Um, <laughs> I don't go to LA often, so I don't know like the general vibe of the city that well, to be honest. And within like. 30 minutes, not 30 minutes, within like an hour of me being in LA, we got like harassed on the streets by random people like three or four times, my people driving by us. Um, we hit a bird with our car. Um, <laughs> we saw a car crash and we saw a person on the side of the road, didn't look homeless, just like a normal person enjoying their Saturday afternoon with a bunk cake, a two uh, liter bottle of Coke and with a pipe that I don't think was for weed. Um, which yeah. is fine at teach their own. I was just like, LA, this is, this yeah. is not San Diego. <laughs> and then, and then later that night we had a $17 glass of wine, um, most overpriced. <laughs> I've had a $13 like bottles that you buy at like, you know, Target or like Vons anywhere that are like way yeah. better than what we had. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that, that style, um, that they, yeah, I, I think the general vibe and I won't, I won't shit on that place too much um but yeah it was it was just a, a overpriced uh wine bar that um, that we went to yeah but to be honest i mean just the way things are now it's like you, you can't expect a drink at a place to be like less than 12 dollars. i think at most places uh, at least the places that you'd probably want to go to unless it's happy hour um then you could probably get some like relatively yeah. cheap drinks but yeah. hey man cost money to live in la that cost restaurant we went to though what was the name of that restaurant Oh, uh, I always screw up this name. Uh, Verskuche. It's the I sausage really, kitchen in the yeah, arts district. Yeah, I really enjoyed that, that restaurant. Yeah, yeah, that's a good spot. Um, so yeah, for those of you um, that are joining us now, just you know, the, we got the live stream going. People are tuning in. Um, you know, took Matt out in LA, had a fun night on Saturday, and uh, the wine was too expensive, but the restaurant was pretty good. So yeah. that about ra- about wraps up Matt's weekend. Um, and, uh, you know, to be honest, it was a productive Saturday because we took some photos for the podcast website, uh, which is launching pretty soon. I'm very yeah, excited about that. We're, we're going to have our first actual, like, podcaster photos together, which is going to yeah. be really fun to release. Yeah. Um, so people, I think, have, we're, we're putting our faces out there a little bit more in our reels on Instagram. Um, it's time for us to, you know, take it to the next level, get a website going, um, and, and keep moving up. So yeah. it's exciting stuff. Um, we've been hanging out more again. Yeah, that we, like, it's great. The world's slightly opening up, which is nice. Yeah, but it's pretty cool. What do you got pretty for cool. us today, Lucas? So today I'm going to be covering the topic of mobile gaming. Okay. Um, mobile gaming, uh, so, so interesting, very storied actually. Um, and it's a relatively, it's, it's a short, short history. It's, it, it only goes back as far as cell phones with games on them goes back, which only goes as far back as cell phones. Um, you know, all of this happening within one lifetime. Um, I'd say that I didn't realize, but doing research on this topic, I knew very little about mobile gaming. Um, and diving in, I actually, I thought I would become more cynical on it, but I actually became very, very hopeful of, of what's to come around the corner. I'm very excited of what, what's going to be happening. Um, but I want to preface with uh, with this question. Matt, are you a mobile gamer? 
to I want to clarify for for the audience here by mobile gaming, are we talking strictly on cell phone devices like I've I've um, tap uh, uh, so yeah Android. great question great question so we'll define mobile gaming for the purpose of this episode um, something that runs on an iPhone Android iTouch uh, a tablet mm-hmm. with the uh, purpose of being run on on that device so usually involving like touchscreen inputs uh like gyro uh you know tilting the phone things like that yes do you play games like that not really no yeah yeah i'm um (laughs) the only games i play these days are for the podcast so (laughs) but even then like growing up all i really played was like let's say maybe i don't know um you know, just like the random games you'd get on your phone, like the popular ones at the time, you know, um, Temple Run. I got a whole list. I got a whole Gyroball. list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I played this one really like fun track, like Olympic simulator one that, because I'm, I'm a jock. Um, yeah, because you're a jock. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I never, I never like dove super into the deep end on like Candy Crush and games like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was a pretty big Flappy Bird player for a hot minute. Flappy um, Bird was fun. Flappy Bird was fun, but... Other than that, I never dove too much into it as much as I'm sure a lot of other people did. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I ever really dove too much into it. I think I was a casual mobile gamer uh, coming around. I've probably spent a little bit of money here and there on like gems or coins. Um, it's been a long life so far, so I'm sure I've done that. Um, but short list, you know, Doodle Jump, I played. I played Cut the Rope. Cut the Rope was huge, actually. At one point, it was like the most downloaded app on the App Store. Um, draw something was really fun in high school. I remember that was, that, that kind of took over for a little while. Candy crush, obviously still gigantic. Fruit Ninja was really fun. Um, Peggle is still one of the highest ones. Oh, Crossy road. Fruit Ninja. Yeah. Words with words with friends was really Classic. big for a long time. I don't know if that's necessarily, I mean, it's a mobile game, but it's, it's Scrabble. So you know what I would uh, play a lot of was the, or even still do sometimes is the iMessage games. I do those. Oh yes. iMessage games are incredible <laughs> those are those are totally like and i play a lot of chess we, on my phone but i don't know if that counts yeah i, I actually got to get into doing that a little bit more i really enjoyed our chess game on the phone recently i won um and it, yeah matt won okay <laughs> last one too that i forgot about until i was doing research hearthstone i played a ton of hearthstone and Hearth, Hearth, like it's Hearth? Hearth, hearthstone hearthstone whatever hearthstone, hearthstone. What, what however tell us in the chat how do you feel about that <laughs> hearthstone or hearthstone um I I played it that game <laughs> Hearthstone Hearthstone on the P, on the computer quite a bit, um, but you know on the phone it was just so easy. Like it was almost made to be able to play like anywhere. Um, I think that it was built with that in mind uh, to be able to kind of play on your phone or your tablet in a really accessible way. Games are short. Um, there's not a ton of inputs, and it works really really well. Uh, so Hearthstone, big one right there. Uh, now currently. Mobile gaming, and I, I sent you this graphic, so you can go ahead and take a look at it now, Matt. There's a lot of interesting factoids on here. Currently, uh, and this data is from NewZoo. Uh, last time this data was was really available that I found was 2018. This is some of the some of the biggest numbers we have. Um, I'm sure there's there's other um, you know sources out there and and new and updated numbers over the last year. I'm sure it's grown, but in 2018, mobile gaming generated about 70.3 billion dollars which is 51% of the global gaming market. Okay, so officially, back since 2018, mobile gaming has been the biggest, most lucrative sector of revenue for all of gaming, 
okay? It actually makes Bro, more than PC and console combined, okay? PC 2018 made 32.9 billion. Consoles just behind it are just ahead of it by a little bit with 34.6 billion. I mean, this is 2018. It's bound to have grown more by then, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm sure um, all of these numbers have grown. Just the, the gaming industry just keeps growing. Um, it seems to be doubling every like three or four years. Um, so these numbers are probably substantially increased. $70.3 billion. Dollars. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 73. Yeah. It's gigantic. So what do you think um, that's all coming from? Like, I'll, let, I'll let you finish explaining first. Back. Yeah, yeah. So um, few few places that it's coming from. Uh, it's the accessibility for one. Um, cell phones, everybody, every single person pretty much has a cell phone. It's it's just a necessity. Um, and, you know, people, people are – not everybody has a console or a PC that can game, but pretty much everybody has a cell phone. Um, games are – have switched to a very lucrative model where the games themselves, the apps are free, but the ability to upgrade or to shortcut the game has, um, it, that's what costs money. So your gems, your loot, your loot crates, or, you know, loot boxes and stuff like that, that has really, that particular model has been extremely valuable for people. Um, it's actually what creates the game, like the ability for the game to be free. The game is free. But the loot, the loot boxes, or the premiums, or the skins, or the ability to shortcut the game—that's what costs people all the money. So I think it's really been that switch. I mean, that—that's just how gaming is done these days. That's what League of Legends is. That's what Fortnite is. That's what so many big games are. They make money off of you know buying the extra stuff. Yeah, I kind of feel like that—that's what was mainly happening before even like the Fortnites and came and that kind of stuff came around, right? Like that's how. Like that model, almost I want to say, came from mobile, and then got integrated into more mainstream console games. Like, even in like Temple Run, they had like something you could buy in game, yep. right? Where it was like, I remember uh, that. And I don't know, Candy Crush, I'm sure they have a similar. I didn't really play much, but had, had a similar thing. But I'm noticing about this graph that is kind of interesting to me on the on the mobile side. They have the tablet and the smartphone games as separate revenue streams. Do you think that's like I saw that. talking about? Do you think they're talking about specific tablet like um, games specifically for tablet devices versus games for an iPhone or an Android phone, or is that, or is that um, what's the distinguishing? Like, what's the like literally? Is it literally like just saying, oh, this is what it, you know, this is what Candy Crush is being played on? Yeah, I, I wonder about that one. Um, I, I do think that there are certain games that have to be played on tablets. I'm not. I I, I didn't actually see what games were specifically on tablets, specifically on phones. Um, I can't I, think of I, any over the years that were exclusive yeah, to tablet. I, I know that um, you know there's quite a bit of crossover between both, um, but I think everything is designed for a smartphone first um, and then either God. done to a tablet or scaled up for a tablet. Um, there's probably going to not – you're not going to find a lot of games that are going to be designed specifically for the tablet. Yeah, and I know you don't have this data too. This is just me postulating. I'm just curious now, but like – I wonder, like, let's say you're playing, and I'm not too familiar with the service, but I know Stream has, not Stream, excuse me, Steam, and I think a couple other things, like Stadia, for example, you know, you can play your game on your phone, on your phones, basically, because you're streaming yeah. it to your phone. You know, if I buy, a, if I engage in a microtransaction on my phone while I'm playing a game that I bought on Steam, is that mobile revenue at that point? You know, that's Yeah, that's interesting. interesting. I didn't, yeah, I, I, I 
uh, there's a follow up episode right there yeah, <laughs> with more <right>? research. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, all in all, you know, it's it's 70 billion, um, 51 percent of the global market. It's massive, massive, massive. Um, and a lot of that's coming from, you know, the games like Candy Crush, people buying, you know, extreme amounts of, you know, certain things that, you know, ca- basically they're ca- using their cash shop to buy an obscene amount of things. In fact, um, this is this is anecdotal, but um, I don't have hard numbers on this one, but and they say like it's you could have a thousand players, you could have 999 players really play, pay for free and one person will spend enough money to pay for everybody else. Like there's always like these outliers that are just paying like extreme amounts of money. Granted, it could be very negative because those could be people suffering from, let's say gambling addictions via loot boxes. Um, or, you know, they're just putting, they just have a lot of money to waste because they could be wealthy and they just spend a lot of money buying, you know, gems or loot boxes and things like that. Um, and that pays for another 999 people to be able to play for free, which is insane. So the top like 1%, of spenders on these mobile games can pay for many, many players to play. Um, interesting model. It, it, it really does. It, it has its good and it's bad. It's not perfect, um, but it does create a lot of free to play games for people. So something to think about. Um, but how did we get here? That's what I want to talk about. Um, I'm going to take you Matt back to the late nineties real quick. Okay. The matrix Pokemon PlayStation one game boy, dragon ball Z blockbuster video. And Nokia's and Motorola's, okay, before smartphones, okay? Okay. Nokia, Motorola dominated the cell phone market back then. And a certain game was added on all of the Nokia phones, specifically the 6110 model. And it was in 1997, Nokia hard installs on every phone, the game Snake, okay? Mm. The most popular mobile game at the time. It's so, I don't know if you ever played Snake. I remember specifically playing this game on a Nokia phone. I remember the model. (laughs) I remember playing it a lot back then. I borrow, I I asked my mom if she had, if she had Snake on her phone and I would play Snake (laughs) on her phone. It was like, like literally the nineties equivalent of like, you got games on your phone. Like that, the the meme that like kids were, I was asking if you have games on the phone. It's like back then we were doing the same thing, but it was Snake. And um, Snake actually originates from a 1976 arcade game called Blockade, uh, or sorry, Blockade. Um, Snake is actually an umbrella term for the game in that style where you're on a 2D plane, you go up, down, left, and right, um, and you eat dots on a screen, and you grow bigger. And as you grow bigger, you try not to run into the walls, and you try not to run into yourself. Okay? It's actually a very fun game. Um, very simple, I think it's- just addicting gameplay loop. Exactly. It's had a lot of re-releases over the years. I think the most recent iteration of Snake came out just a couple of years ago. Um, they've added 3D versions of Snake. They've added it with fully redone graphics, 4K, online, everything. Um, there's actually a um, there's a there's an online version of it um, where you grow bigger and you eat other smaller snakes. Um, Something.io. Um, I played it recently with Mather. Oh, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, oh man, it's gonna kill me that I don't know that name. Um, anyway, Snake is uh, everybody knows what it is. It's huge. It hit the cell phone market in '97, and it was in the hands of 350 million people. Okay, so 350 million people, you know, with the ability to play Snake, something that's hard coded onto the cell phone, and then people start seeing that kids are playing this, some adults are playing it. Um, the Game Boy had already came and went, you know, with like something like Tetris. 
um, people were taking notice, you know, of like the fact that, hey, we could actually put some apps on the phone that are like a little bit more interesting. As you move forward, um, Brick Breaker eventually makes it onto, onto Blackberries um, in the early 2000s. And then we fast forward to 2006 when, or sorry, 2007, the release of the first iPhone and the App Store. Okay. This changes obviously changes everything revolutionary. Um, and th this is when stuff really, really started to, to take off in terms of mobile gaming. So the iPhone in 2007, the whole market shifts after the release of the iPhone, and the app store and apps became the hottest thing ever. I remember, I remember very clearly when I was like in middle school and high school, it was like, making a killer app or making that that app on the and putting it on the like so many overnight millionaires came about like literally 16 year olds that created some game on his computer that he made in like a weekend and all of a sudden it's on the app store and he's like a millionaire overnight do i remember hearing about flappy bird i know this is a more recent one as far as like the history goes but i just remember at like peak flappy bird the guy was making like 70 grand a day on ads or something like just some <laughs> obscene fucking number yeah. And he shut it down of his own volition too, which is kind of crazy in retrospect. But I think that would be a cool retrospect, actually, like the cultural phenomenon of Flappy. Like, why did he, he could have just kept making money forever. Yeah, what's so <laughs> nutty about it too is people were literally selling iPhones that had a Flappy Bird on it for, you know, thousands of dollars because everyone wanted this cultural relic, right? Yeah. And yeah. now it's kind of interesting. It's, it's lost. It's lost media. Yeah. It's I not can't play it. on the app store. It's yeah. you can play cheap knockoffs, but you cannot play the original files of Flappy Bird anymore. It's insane. Yeah, he created an NFT, the world's first NFT. He did. <laughs> I, I was kind of thinking about that though, because what's the? Well, I guess there is a difference because that's not like the original original source file, but in essence, like you're paying for a very unique um, digital, um, yeah, digital I'm, asset. No, one day, like 20 years from now, you and I may see and play Flappy Bird again. And it actually will be nuts. Like, it'll yeah. actually be like, oh, my God, we're playing. It'll be a bit like everybody from that era will remember and, like, freak out that, like, we we're playing Flappy Bird. I would freak if, out if I saw my friend playing Flappy Bird right now. I would lose my mind. If you sure. did make a proper NFT of that game, like that original <laughs> file, you would yeah. make so much money. This is, that's another topic for their episode. But NFTs are insane. Fucking Charlie bit my finger sold for like 750 grand. Oh my God. Wow. Absolutely nutty. <laughs> one day, one day, one day. Thanks for playing NFT. We'll see. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, so the entire market shifts and then the killer app comes around. Uh, that is not only one of the biggest video game hits of all time, but becomes a cultural zeitgeist hit and that's Angry Birds. Okay. Um, actually, you know, Angry Birds is considered to be one of the greatest physics based you know, puzzle games ever made still to this day. And I actually have to agree with that take. Um, Angry Birds, you know, I played it. Tons of people played it. People bought pillows at Hot Topic of Angry Birds. They have a movie. Like, it's like it two became, movies, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's such a massive, huge. massive hit. And that was a mobile game, you know? Um, and not only that, it was actually a really fun, well-made, high-quality mobile game. Um, I, you I know what's believe... insane? That mobile game has had more cultural influence and impact in pop culture than a game like horizon zero dawn or last yeah. Us two or yeah you know 
any masterpiece out there, Undertale, yeah. Doki Doki. That's yeah, that's not. Easy. It's made more money, and it, the, I, I want to be clear. You know, it's not a bad game. Like I think no, that when it's, Angry Bird, it's very, it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and when Angry Bird was around, I think that it it wasn't like a, a cash shop model. I think right. it was you downloaded it for you know six bucks, whatever it was, and and you played it, and you got to play like the full game and every level. And I remember it was genuinely challenging at times. Uh, there was a fun gameplay loop, and it was it was a great game. Uh, so people, people start realizing that there is a market to, to really take over. Um, people start developing apps, tons of, tons of games on mobile to host on the app store. And this is actually before the Google play store, the Android store. This is when Apple was really the main dominant force for, for game, for, for mobile games and, and apps and stuff like that. Um, you have to remember people were downloading the dumbest apps in the world back then. Like people, people downloaded like apps that like was just a beer like a bottle of a beer beer a, and you just drank that yeah like sound effects yeah. i yeah it's just like i really like this <laughs> one personally i was i remember i didn't get an iphone till like mid high school or late high school but um i remember i had a ipod touch and when i when i got that ipod touch and i was finally able to download that beer app i was like oh Mom, look at yeah. me. <laughs> look, look Just how funny try this is. and stop me. Like that was that was the vibe. That was the vibe back then. So there was a lot of you know really bad shovelware. This was like ultimate shovelware era for games. It was just like thousands and thousands of games were just made out of nowhere. And we remember a few, like the ones that we that we named. Right, you got Doodle Jump and Temple yep. Run was really great. Cut the Rope still really popular. Um, I mean, all these are still around. Um, but you know, they've, they've kind of been reiterated, you know, upgraded, changed, obviously they're all going to be probably free with a, you know, cash shop model. Um, and dozens and dozens that we probably are going to miss on this one. Um, like it's not till you really start thinking about it. This is what I'm saying about the research component. It wasn't until I started thinking about it that I started realizing how much fun I really had on mobile gaming growing up. Um, you know, obviously I, had a Wii growing up and a, um, you know, an Xbox 360 and a PC to play on um, through college and stuff like that. But like, you know, this whole time I was actually playing games on my phone too, here and there. Like I played Hearthstone for a while. Fruit Ninja was really fun, even into like late high school. I remember people were always on that. Um, It was cool. You know, it was a cool time. I think. Why do you, why do you think that is? Why do you think it disassociated those memories from gaming? Because like I, I feel like I, I didn't really consider them to be like gaming so much back then. I figured it was just like a fun toy we were playing with. Like, oh, it's Fruit Ninja. It's just like getting a high score and doing this thing. It's very arcadey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for me, gaming is uh, at least traditionally in my head has been like adventuring and like discovering things and exploring worlds and things like that. We are starting to see mobile games that are really going that direction. Um, and then a lot of crossover with a few other things I really want to get into. Um but yeah, I mean, I just think that it was a it was a good time with with mobile games back then. Um, and of course, the revenue has shifted. The um, the business model for the whole thing has really gone to the microtraction microtransaction route. Um, it is what it is. I I, I don't think uh, it's it'd be a whole episode to go into microtransactions and loot boxes and things like that. And I think we have touched on that stuff lightly. Um, but definitely don't want to just like flat out make judgment calls on it. You know, it is what it is. I could play these games for free. That's great. Thousands yeah. of people could play this game for free. That's great. Um, the trends that we're seeing towards mobile game, towards mobile gaming. Uh, now, I, I do believe that we'll move away from the microtransaction style further and further down the line. 
Um, I actually think that gaming has, we're seeing things go the other way where games are becoming available on mobile or on tablets that are actually just full-fledged games that you just buy and play. Um, starting to actually see a lot more of those. Um, and on top of mobile gaming platforms that are, you know, have potential to really change the game, like Stadia. I know Stadia is getting a bad rap. I know that it's getting again, shut down pretty soon. I think I, I, I know that like, yeah, I, I think it is getting sunset by Google, like most Google yeah. services and stuff. And I, I think it's uh, Stadia has gone, you know, I, I personally had a really great experience with it. I'm not just, I, I think it's more business for business reasons and revenue reasons that it's not working out. I, I actually yeah. think it's, it's kind of a little bit early, but it's pretty much on time with, game streaming in in a way i think game streaming is really going to be where we're headed in the future um and like we're we're just totally totally seeing game streaming uh take over in certain ways you know they're developing all these peripherals for it um 5g is available now P internet's getting faster um it's you could people play can play cyberpunk on their phone via stadia and like that will hit the mainstream mindset pretty soon yeah, uh, I like game streaming in theory. I just still think, I know like we there is fast enough internet definitely exists, right? I just don't think that internet's accessible enough to everyone. Um, I mean, you and I live in California, right? I mean, like yeah. you go to some, you know, midwestern state, and you're not in like a major metropolitan area, you're not gonna have good enough internet. Yeah, probably. I I um, know that. We're we're a few years from it, but. I, Game streaming, I think, will be a household thing. I, I think it will be a, re a regular thing that people do because you just need good internet. Like the barrier to entry can actually be lower in a lot of ways. Well, depending what's on exciting, where you live. yeah. What's exciting about it too is, you know, like cloud cloud gaming, right? Like kind of how Steam, you know, you can play on one computer and then you can play on another and still have your save file. Yeah. Um, doing that same thing, like basically like what the switch does right now in essence, right? Like, you know, you're in, playing, yeah. you have your switch docked and you're playing on your, uh, on your TV in your living room. And then you go for your flight or for your drive or your commute, whatever on a bus. And then you play for an hour on your, uh, switch totally, in the mobile, yeah. mobile mode and you pick up where you left off. And the potential to do that with gaming as well is very exciting. Um, or, I mean, the, excuse me, the potential to do that like on your phones as well is very exciting. Granted, having that good of wireless internet is a whole other story as well because, you know, when you played Stadia, you're hardwired in. But, but, but we, we will get, get, we get, will there, get there We will. I don't know we how just, long it's going to take, yeah. but we will get there eventually. We will get there, and also, like, certain games, it'll be it'll be a little bit different, right? So, yeah. like, first, okay, so I'll just use Cyberpunk as an example. Yeah. Um I literally would not have been able to play Cyberpunk for this podcast if it wasn't for game streaming. Like Google Stadia actually <laughs> allowed me to play this game and that's like really, I mean no, the I'm game was laughing. still <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. The game was still like whack. I mean, go check out our Cyberpunk episode for those of you that <laughs> disagree with me, but I still played Cyberpunk. I mean, I I got to play it. It wasn't a great like the most perfect version of the game and even the game you know, at its best wasn't great and that super fun anyway. But like I was able to play the game. That's my point. And like I think a lot of people actually can play Cyberpunk. Like I could have played it on my phone even because it was yeah. like it was game streaming, right? That's that's pretty remarkable. If I like just got a peripheral that put a controller or connected like a, a controller to my phone or my iPad, I would have been able to play it there too. That's pretty crazy, right? So that is, I think, where we could be headed for game streaming. I actually think it, it is pretty much where we're headed. Um, 
we're seeing a lot of AAA studios start creating games for mobile, either exclusive mobile games, crossover games, or they're starting to kind of dive into the game streaming. So there is a Call of Duty mobile exclusive. There is a Witcher and there is a Final Fantasy game that's on mobile as well. And we're starting to see old ports go to mobile. Okay, so the entire Baldur's Gate series is on the App Store. You can download Final Fantasy VII on your iPhone right now and play it. Chrono Trigger, which I played for this podcast, I actually played on my iPad. And, uh, you know, I even checked a game I've been wanting to play for so long, Planescape Torment, uh, is available on the App Store. So it's that's the um, supposedly the greatest video game story of all time. Um, D and D universe isometric nineties oh, RPG. Oh yeah, you told me. Yeah, I, you told me what which that which I do. It is on this pod. Uh, it is on the backlog for the pod. I, I do want to play the that. The forty one hour day. game it, is very. It's it's a long. <laughs> it's a long. It's a long game, but yeah. one day we'll get through it. Um, so that game, you know, is is on. It's a. I can play it on an iPad, on a tablet, or on my phone. I think that's like pretty remarkable. It can probably. I don't know if it does now, but it, it, stuff like that can probably support cloud saves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know it's not. It, it's not exclusively a mobile game. It's not like a Doodle Jump or a Flappy Bird. But these are games I'm playing on my phone that I'm buying that I am paying money to the ecosystem for. You know, and I think that that's just where we're headed is one game streaming two AAA studios kind of creating a, a mobile ver- friendly version of their game and three old ports coming to kind of create another revenue stream for people, you know, and I, I really like am seeing a positive outcome with it, especially after playing Chrono Trigger on iPad. Um, it took a minute to get used to it for sure, but I mean, I was able to play it in bed I was able to play it while like, um, you know, going over to some, like going and visiting my parents or staying over there. Um, I was pretty, I was able to play it like anywhere. I mean, it was really amazing. Like uh, I actually prefer it in every sort of way playing something on my iPad than playing it on my PC at my desk, especially for like a long form JRPG. It made so much more sense to play it on iPad. And when I play Planescape Torment, I'm probably going to play that on iPad too, just because like I'm going to be playing that game for the story um it's an old port why would i play it on my pc if i could play it on my tablet you know so that right there i think a lot of people are going to start realizing and going like oh well final fantasy 7's i'm just gonna play that on my phone why am i gonna buy that on my pc there's not literally be better on my phone in almost every way uh so and you and you pay the cool thing is that there's no cash shop or anything for those two you just pay that up front and just go for it you just play the full game yeah and it's usually pretty cheap too uh, so that kind of stuff is, is going to be really huge. Um, it's become, it already is huge. It's going to be even bigger. Um, obviously the big games like Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy seven are going to get ported first, but pretty soon you're going to be able to play every single Final Fantasy on your phone. Um, yeah, that's what I, see. I think an important thing to acknowledge here, you know, with mobile gaming in general, often when people think of mobile gaming, I think they're thinking of the fruit ninjas, the flappy birds the angry birds the the games you get random advertisements for on instagram when you're just scrolling randomly the um you know whatever it may be like the kind of not to say like they're outright gimmicky but like just kind of like the one trick pony games um again obviously i know flappy bird has a crazy legacy and angry angry birds has done incredibly well but you get what i'm saying like this kind of like very much clearly this is a mobile experience People, I don't think we, in the conversations of mobile gaming um, uh, at a layman's level, I don't think we're really talking about often the fact that you can play a 
pretty good port of Chrono Trigger, or the fact that you can play <laughs> yeah. um, Planescape Torment, or the fact that eventually we will be able to very comfortably stream, game stream, whatever you want onto your phone, right? Or exactly. um, play very good mobile ports of games, like how they have Fortnite or PUBG, um, whatever it may be. And at the end of the day, the mobile market is the largest gaming market is is ever. big is the biggest the majority one, of gamers are the ones that are, are people that play on their phones because that's everyone everyone has an iphone now everyone has an android or some sm- sort of smartphone that has these capabilities and why wouldn't these huge companies tap into those markets when we're spending exactly. four or five six hours a day on these things right yeah um with screen time and they know they can get that up to another you know, seven or eight hours with their crazy, stupid, addicting game. Um, so, yeah, why wouldn't they go for it? Exactly. And it's crazy how we've gone from, you know, Snake on. Because when you think about it, the, the jump, the, the progression in mobile gaming has actually been more remarkable than the progression in, like, console gaming, right? Like, you're playing... You know, in the early 2000s, you had, you know, NES, PlayStation, whatever, Super NES, like all these consoles accessible to you, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2. But the best on our phones, the best our phones could do was Pong, Pac-Man, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. Snake, whatever. And then, you know, once the iPhone came out, that first iPhone, that changes everything. And you can start playing these games with proper 3D environments in them. Um, and the, the level and how quickly that has progressed... And how good some of this stuff looks is really incredible. I mean, you can play Fortnite on your phone. You can play Fortnite on your phone. People are forgetting that. (laughs) It's insane. It looks better than a video game would on, let's say, your Nintendo DS, right? Which, not to like talk shit on the Nintendo DS, I think it's a great system, but that's a pretty old system. Or, I mean, excuse me, that's a system that was dedicated, you know, exclusively for for games. Okay, for games, and it can't run something. And then your iPhone today can run stuff better than that could, right? Or even your True. 3DS, you know, let's take a more modern device or a PS Vita or whatever you may have. Um, these mobile devices, you know, they're not that, the graphically graphically wise, they're not that different from your iPhone is today or even was, honestly, even how your iPhone was five years ago, you know? So it's incredible just how quickly it's scaled. And I yeah. think a lot of that is due to, people realizing money? like money there's so much yeah. money in this right there um, really is and yeah it's just it's it's fascinating and I, it, there's esports for it now too like my um all my old roommates at my last house they, and they still are they're all addicted to like clash of clans um <laughs> and they like play that religiously and they they have like a giant clan in there like people all over the country that they play together with and get i'm not sure See? how the layout of the game is but like it's a it's a competitive game right yeah. Um. And it's just it's nutty, and it's whether we want it or not, this is the future of gaming, and this is the biggest segment of gaming, and probably will be forever. For sure. And I I honestly see a future where everybody's going to be satisfied. I I think um 
I, I for sure, I'll, I'll just go on record and, and I used to like scoff at mobile gaming and just like think about it in terms of like, oh, I have a PC. Well, that's not real gaming. That's just yeah, a cash shot. That's where the shot. normies play, right? Yeah, yeah. That's just a cash shot for Candy Crunch or Candy yeah. Crush and, uh, you know, for to just spend thousands of dollars on loot boxes and on a mobile game. And it's it's just really not true um, in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I found just by, you know, doing some retro like introspection and then looking at what's out there. The fact that I played Chrono Trigger on my iPad, um, the fact that I've had so much fun playing on mobile games and stuff, and it's only getting better. Um, I honestly see a future where game streaming uh, is really, you know, prominent. I think we've touched on that a lot. I think that's where where mobile gaming could really head. Cloud saves, and then the ability to switch between the console version of something and the mobile version of something um, via game streaming. I think that I could see a future where let's say the latest Fallout comes out and you play it on your PS5, great graphics, high quality experience, big screen, great sound quality, and then you hit like a grindy part and you could take that on the go, right? Um, mm-hmm. you, could, you could play it now from your phone or stream it from your phone and do like menial tasks or traveling um, or walking around or stuff like that. That's really what I think gaming is going to become. It's gonna be fully integrated where you can play on your console at home and then take it on your phone and then do some other things. Like, that's what RuneScape does right now for a lot of people, right? A lot of people will play RuneScape uh, and do like, you know, high input tasks, bossing on their desktop. And then like, I I would work out while playing old school RuneScape at a time, you know, in between, like I would just woodcut, which was like, you literally would just click and cut wood and then just like, do some reps, bro. It was just like <laughs> combining one yeah, one grind with another. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it was and like that. I I think that gaming can really head in that direction where we're just never gonna really stop gaming, man. We're just gonna have stuff on our phone. It's gonna be connected to our consoles, which are gonna be connected to our PCs. Microsoft's trying to do that right now already. Um, everybody's getting pretty close, um, and I find that you know if we're we're just going to be playing games on our mobile devices no matter what. Um, whether it's an old port that you want to see or you heard that that Witcher mobile game is actually pretty good. Um, you know, and as long as I, I think the market is big enough to support that cash shop giant Candy Crush or Angry Birds or whatever it is, and it also can support you wanting to play like Call of Duty Mobile and just try it out and, you know, or a game that you just pay like $10 up front and now you get the whole game. Yeah. Um, we're seeing games that you just pay for the whole thing up front again. And you just get it. Um, and, and we're going to see a ton, ton more of that. Yeah, the, the future is going to be incredible, especially seeing how game streaming can integrate into mobile gaming in the future. And mobile gaming aside, just game streaming in general, I just had a really, I guess, probably a thought a lot of people have had, but it just occurred to me. It's kind of crazy that we haven't seen like a dedicated TV that's like meant for like game streaming or has like that, like an app for that very readily built in, right? Um, I wonder if we're going to see, like, Roku partner with, like, I don't know, PlayStation yeah. or Xbox. Because they have, like, I, like I have, my roommates and I, we have a smart, we have a Roku TV, right? And it has, like, all these apps built in. And what's to stop Roku from, like, partnering with, you know, whoever or, like, Steam? And, you know, I have a Steam app on my on my um, TV, and I can hook my TV up to an Ethernet cable if I want. And yeah. Start play- that'd be, that's interesting. And I think I even heard a rumor that Netflix was going to be working with PlayStation on something. So wow. maybe that's coming sooner than we think. I and know they that Apple already TV did that does. in a way with uh, Bandersnatch and their own kind of. Oh yeah, way, but... in a in a way, yeah. I think um, Apple TV does have gaming like on it. Like you can download apps from the App Store that are kind of made for Apple oh, TV. And okay. You, you yeah. could even connect a Bluetooth enabled controller to your Apple TV and play there. 
So you could actually connect a PlayStation controller to your Apple TV, play games. But can not you a lot play, of games. Like, any AAA games right now on it? No, not not really. Um, but like if it, this wouldn't happen, but if there was a Google Stadia app, then yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, if there was any sort of game streaming app, then yes, absolutely you could. Um, you know, really anything just needs a Bluetooth connection in it to connect to any controller wirelessly and good internet. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying, you know, is just like you're, you could play cyber, anybody out there with a PS3 and a good phone, you can play cyberpunk right now. I just want everybody to know that. (laughs) And like, if you have, if you need to buy a controller, you can buy a controller, a Bluetooth enabled one, probably use 30 bucks. And now you're able to connect it to your phone or your Bluetooth enabled device and stream your game on your phone. That is mobile gaming too, you know? Um, I don't know, man. I think the future's bright. Um, I, I have uh, there's a million ways to play a game. Um, I think that uh, I want to move away from kind of that purist standpoint where you play on this thing for this reason and this reason only. I just wherever you can play, however you can consume the art form, try and do it. You know, because you're gonna miss out on a lot of games if you don't think like that. Yeah, I mean, even right now, there's so many games that. Uh, maybe it's only coming out on the PlayStation that I want to play, right? Or maybe it's only coming out on Xbox or, you know, whatever. And I, game streaming has the potential as well, just to make things so much more accessible in general. And by extension, mobile games being able to integrate that and into that even makes it more accessible because everyone has an iPhone or everyone has an Android. So I am excited to see where that goes. Me too. Yeah. All right, that's all I got, Matt. All right, that's all I got today, too. Uh, really quickly, I started laughing in the middle of our episode just because, uh, well, we laugh, we have fun anyway, so we we're laughing. But when you brought up <laughs> Cyberpunk, I just remember, if you haven't watched, listened to our Cyberpunk episode, go listen to that. It's a really good episode. Um, in my, and no, I'm not, not in my opinion. It's a good episode. It's a good episode. It. Uh, <laughs> I just remember when Lucas first started playing that game. He got it. He he played on the Xbox, so uh, the Xbox One, the vanilla Xbox One. So like, you know that whole story by now. Not able to handle the game by any means. God. But I remember you did the Nomad, I think, and like the first, very first part of the game was like playable for you because you're in the desert and like there's it's not as graphically, uh, I guess, heavy on your processor or whatever. You're like, oh, bro, I'm driving around. This game's sick. Looks good. And then the second you entered the city, you're like, bro, I got it. It was go. so bad. It was <laughs> so trash. bad. Like, absolute 180. I remember I didn't believe you at first. I'm like, Luke is just being a bitch or something. Like, <laughs> and I like looked at some videos on YouTube and I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh. That was a fun news cycle. That was like a really funny time just because like the yeah. memes were great and everything. But, oh my Dude, God. Dude, and then man, have you heard uh, Amazon now they're the their beta uh, someone brought their their, johnny, beta. johnny brought this up in our discord thanks for playing discord you gotta hang out if you haven't already uh he brought it up in our discord that yeah the beta the open beta, not open beta closed beta for the yeah. new world which is amazon's mmo is just bricking uh like <laughs> rtx 3080s and 3090s uh, which is essentially bricking like the fifteen hundred dollars marked up not retail but fifteen hundred dollar pieces of technology right now um which is insane, and I don't even think it's like a graphics issue. Like I'm pretty sure my PC and your even yours probably could run it just fine from what I've seen. It's just that poor optimization, compatibility issue, or poor, like oh. something's going wrong, or um, yeah, just kind of kind of crazy to to think about. So fun stuff though. Um, all right, everyone. So 
if you haven't already, I did mention a Discord. Um, everyone's on Discord. We're gamers. You probably got the mobile app on your phone right now. Hashtag mobile gaming. Um, <laughs> you can find the link to our Discord channel, our Discord server. You can access that by following us and looking at our link tree on either TikTok, Twitter, or Instagram. And the handle for all three of those social accounts is TFP Podcasts. Again, that's TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. I know what you're thinking, Matt, Lucas, you only have one podcast. Well, sorry, TFP Podcast was taken on some most of those already, so I don't know what to tell you. Um, maybe we'll expand eventually to anime. Um, yep. TFP Podcasts, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And as well, if you want to chat, you can shoot us an email at thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com. And as always, if you want to hang out with your buddy Matt, you can find me on uh, Twitter at GoodIdeaMatthew. All right. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at GoodIdeaLucas if you want to give me a follow. Otherwise, uh, reach out on the Discord. Um, you know, I'm in there as Odysseus. Uh, we got several fans that have already joined, uh, and it's it's been a good time. Getting a good, getting good discussions going in there. Um, notifications on our live streams. Um, you know, you know, housekeeping things. And stuff like that are mm -hmm. uh, are all up there in the Discord. Shout so out, definitely join us there. Shout out to a Dragoon, the most recent uh, Discord. Yeah. Starting some um, discourse over there um, in the Discord. <laughs> 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 all right, playing. man. Um, all right, everyone. Remember, anything's possible. <laughs>